0: So today we have the amazing privilege of being with the founder of Brave Co., Jason Valatin is spearheading a movement of what does it look like to be a healthy male leading in spaces where culture is trying to sequester men and call them patriarchal instead of how do we redeem what the damage of the past and not replicate that by any means, but also not create a really dysfunctional misalignment as an overreaction in society. So what was the inciting factors that led to starting Brave Code? Thank you for being our guest, Jason.
1: Yeah, it's so good to be here. Um, honestly, since I was a really young boy, I mean, 13 years old, um, I've had a heart to see men restored back into their full creation, back to how God intended them to be. And that just came with growing up in a home where my dad told me stories about David and his mighty man and about these guys who were outcasts, the the nobodies that God used then to transform nations and cities and and so I remember when I heard that when I was a young boy, that I just like it burned in my heart like that's what I want to do. I want to see men restored. And um it's kind of a gift, you know, to be so young and to know, okay, this is what my life's call is about. And I think a lot of people um, kind of mess up and they like I won't go too far down a rabbit trail but lot of people find a calling like that and then they think i have to be a pastor right Mm -hmm. but for me i did it for a long time um i worked with a lot of people before i was ever a pastor and Mm -hmm. i fought fire for a lot of years and i just did that anywhere i went i would just find guys who were hurting who were believing lies um who, who were broken and just poured in life and identity and so you know, in 2018, I really felt like God told me, I want you to give me something I can bless. I want you to, that, that dream that's been in your heart, I want you to to take a risk on that. And so um, it was a, a long road to actually starting Brave Code, But that's really when I started to go, okay, I think I'm going to start a men's movement. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I just need to start the first step. And so we did that in 2019, we had a men's retreat. And that led to you know eventually building out discipleship programs and conferences and things like that so it's been a really fun uh three years of just building and growing and seeing men's lives changed and all that stuff and it's been hard too
0: yeah i'm sure Um, so how would you describe this in a society that says you know men have all the power and patriarchy and we have a whole barbie movie that just reinforces that doctrine Um, how would you describe brave co in the way that you're authentically trying to help uh, men walk in their true identity
1: i mean what we all really need in this world is healthy whole people and so Mm -hmm. you know men can be as toxic as women and yeah. it's it's not a gender right it's a it's it's about being healthy and so you know when you try to alienate men because there are unhealthy men on the planet well then you lose the value in the gift that a man brings right and so you know a man's supposed to bring identity he's supposed to bring peace to chaos he's supposed to carry a load that is different than what a woman is supposed to carry and we live in the most fatherless culture that's ever been alive to where our fathers aren't at home because they're at war no they're just not at home because they don't want to be at home and the damaging effects of that it, i mean just to take one simple google search the the statistics on what happens without a father at home it's devastating it's the source of it's the main source of incarceration for men it's the leading cause of suicide it's the you know it's abortion it's why women are having abortions uh in droves it's why um anger and outbursts it's just you go down the road down the line you know um and you start to see when it when a dad's not at home it induces so much pain if you don't have tools to work through pain then you end up doing things that you don't want to do and so you know the real call is not just to get men back home because a lot of men are home but they're not present so that's a factor that we don't talk about a lot yes is because not a lot of men have really been equipped right have really been given the tools that they need to successfully navigate life well and navigate their family well and and show up for life and so Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do at braveco we're not trying to build macho men macho men aren't helpful we're not trying to you know build weak men we're trying to Give men the tools that they need to live a healthy, strong, powerful, connected life. That's the biggest key to what we're doing is we're not doing conferences, although we have conferences, but the conferences lead into discipleship.
0: We're and if somebody's doing... listening and they don't know the word discipleship, like give me context, what does that word mean?
1: Yeah. So discipleship is is basically walking alongside somebody. In giving them the tools, the strength, the encouragement to grow. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, he that was his strategy and plan to change the world forever. Is he he when he came in the flesh, he realized, okay, if I can get 12 guys and impart all that I am, in part all that I know, and then let them come beside me. And, and build confidence. Let them come beside me and fail and learn and grow. That's the ultimate strategy to changing the planet. And so when we look at, you know, how do you grow men? How do you change society? How do you, uh, you know, how do we transform uh, a nation? Well, you do it through discipleship. You don't do it through teaching. You don't through it, do it through talking. You do it through discipleship, which has teaching but it's life on life and so that's really what we're doing with men is this life on life model where we walk beside men, give them the skills, give them the tools and then we're honest and we're open and we're transparent and we're encouraging and you know all those things that it takes to, to really uh, learn and grow
0: absolutely and so many men haven't had the example and so much of our mirror neuron processing of how to do something comes through a model a template a relational experience and so most of the men i work with are strong leaders they do great at work they love their family they provide they show up but there's often a disconnect in the ability to do intimacy and really see and know their spouse and their kids can you speak to that and why you think that might be
1: It's what's modeled for us, right? So your first gift as a human being is supposed to be this, your first inheritance is supposed to be an inheritance of identity, Mm. of nurture, of, you know, bonding and connect, you know, learning that you are unconditionally loved. And that's supposed to happen through building these incredible bonds, right? You were supposed to come out of your mother's womb and she was supposed to nurture you and hold you close and talk to you and study you and learn you so well that, you build this healthy attachment, right? This emotional attachment. And your dad is supposed to do the same thing, right? You're supposed to feel safe and cared for and adored and loved. And again, you build this healthy attachment and you learn how to regulate your emotions through attaching to you know, the, your family and then your community and, and the world around you. Well, most people weren't given that most people were given a very anxious attachment or you know know, their, their parents weren't very present or um maybe you didn't have a dad at home and so that's a lot of the world that that is alive today is you grew up without getting a good inheritance and in return what you get is you get a whole bunch of wiring right we often think that we're the ones that wired ourselves we're not the ones that wired ourselves mm-hmm. if you're watching this right now and you grew up and you felt confident and beautiful and capable it's because someone told you that you were beautiful someone gave you challenges somebody walked beside you they taught you that it's okay to fail Yeah. but most people weren't taught that and so you you feel like you don't have what it takes you don't feel confident you don't feel capable and you know you're struggling in suffering. And that's because of how you were born. That's not because something's wrong with you. It's not because you were made wrong. It's not because, you know, you're bad. It, it, it's because you weren't given a gift of identity when you were young. The most men were hearing a message. You've got to suck it up. you got to quit crying. Most men were taught that showing emotion led to pain, mm-hmm. right? It led to more rejection. Yeah. And we like this idea of stoicism. We like this idea that you know the man that can do it on his own the guy that can just suck it up the guy that that doesn't that doesn't share what's inside that's the strongest man around the guy that can just absorb everything and honestly you know that guy is lonely he's dying he's desperate for connection and terribly afraid to talk about it and so you know nothing feels weaker for a man than to come and, and stand before his wife And to say i don't know how to fix something i feel overwhelmed i'm feeling anxious um i don't feel like i'm enough nothing feels more connecting to a woman than for her husband to stand in front of her and say i don't know how to fix this but i'll be here with you i feel anxious but i'm gotta be i'm gonna be honest about it i'm working through you know whatever I, i i feel sad today nothing feels more connecting to a woman than that because we connect through our emotions so you know it wasn't very awesome wasn't very cool to do that as a teenager wasn't very cool to do that as a little kid as a little boy those weren't our models our models are superman hulk hogan you know our models are the rock our models aren't these guys that have you know high emotional intelligence and so our experiences plus our role models just really equal what we reproduce over and over again so a lot of men are suffering trying to be the strong lone ranger and you 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 know you do that for a while and it's also why we have a high divorce rate and why guys are medicating and uh, you know all that stuff
0: yeah absolutely and then we're wondering why we're struggling with alcohol and porn and all of these things as if that's an outlier instead of the natural cause and effect If you don't medicate the soul and it's not getting any relief, eventually the dam is gonna leak. And so then we just keep putting more temporary solutions. So my passion is to remove the shame from that, that we don't feel bad for ourselves, male or female, but to learn, oh, there's steps I have to go backward and find out what's the misalignment, what's the lie I'm believing that's causing my false self of masculinity and tough and I don't need anybody to then create an artificial shell around me where everything is getting locked inside and it's like a pressure cooker. Eventually that temper is going to come out. Eventually, you know, somebody says or does the wrong thing and the irritability, and then you're like, oh, I'm a bad person. So then shame shuts down the cycle even more. So we can see that. What do you think are practical things men can do to start re-engaging from their true self, from healthy masculinity?
1: You started talking about addiction. Addiction starts in our life when we can no longer bear being present in our life. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I think guys have to start to um, go back and really understand their story, because most men don't understand their story. They don't know why they are the way that they are, how they actually got there. And what you misdiagnose, you mistreat every time, and so that's why we try to use shame. It's why we try to use perfectionism. It's why we, you know, use use the yeah the false self uh, control because we're trying to get a better outcome, um, but it doesn't really work because you don't understand how you actually got to where you're at. And so in Braveco, what we have guys do is actually go out, go through and map their life, their highs, their lows, the messages that were taught to them, what what. Write down a paragraph of what you believed to be true about yourself at 12 years old. And then write down a paragraph of what you believed to be true about yourself at 18 years old. And start to unpack, like, man, if you didn't feel like you were worthy of love and you felt like a failure at 12 years old, you're not the one creating that. It's your environment, the world around you. And what that says is the way that you are right now is not your fault. It's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility. So it's it's being proactive right it's taking so much courage to be able to be honest about where you're really at and then being willing to share your story with powerful people that can help you unpack it until you're able to really share your story you don't feel worthy of love mm-hmm. you 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 don't you're not able to receive real care you're not you're not able to to really connect with people and so again it just goes back into that isolation so Part of it is like, once you understand your story, now I have to be able to, hell, I gotta be able to unpack it. I gotta be able to mourn through the places where my dad didn't meet me, my mom failed me, whatever. And, And then undo the lies that came from that. But then I also have to go through a process. So this process, the healing process, sets you up now for your now initiation. Because if you didn't get initiated as a man from other men, right? in your life, then you have to do it now. I have to start challenging myself to show up. I have to learn healthy communication. I have to learn how to regulate my emotions. And you know, I got to do hard things and that's not an easy thing to do, but anything that you shy away from, you know, uh, eventually catches up with you. So it's like, you just have to pick what kind of hard you're going to do. If you don't want to work out, well, then you're going to pick the heart of of living an unhealthy life of, of being overweight and if you don't want to yeah. you know work hard on your marriage and you're going to work hard having a bad marriage and, and so you know at some point us men have to go well i either die under the weight of being afraid all the time or i face my fears and i learn how to live a powerful healthy whole life and eat both of them are hard just one has a big reward at the end
0: That's so good. So it's inspiring us to really take ownership, look at the past. And grieve and mourn that, and also responsibility. Because I hear a lot of men saying, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to be, you know, stereotype looking back, feeling sorry for myself. I'm a victim, you know." And there's kind of this culture around counseling forever instead of truly looking back for the purpose of healing, and then now taking ownership and responsibility. So, what have you seen as a distinction for men when they just are victims of the past slash uh, never look back? versus what you're seeing as testimonies of men who are doing that work of balancing doing the healthy looking back and then now taking responsibility in the present.
1: It's crazy because <clears throat> if you if you don't go back at least a little bit and start to address again the problem is, is is you don't really understand you and well you're the most important person to understand because you're really responsible to meet your needs and show up for and you know, you have to love you like you love everyone else. And if you don't love you, well, then you're really gonna live a, a unlovable life. And so I think the value of going back isn't that you would be a victim because the victim's the most powerless person alive. The value of going back is that you could set that, that little boy free from the lies and the bondage that he's been held in forever. So, you know, we are every age we've ever been, that's trauma. And it's not the 43-year-old that's afraid of relationships. It's the 27-year-old whose wife left him. It's not the 43-year-old that's, uh, that's afraid of whatever, you know, uh, adults, grown men. It's the little boy that was yelled at a lot. It's that guy. And so, you know, a lot of men don't understand, like, you've got a little boy leading a man's life. If you don't want that little boy meetings leading a man's life, then you got to go back and meet him where he's at. Take a little bit of time and heal that, so that then you can you can lead your own life. You you can powerfully show up for yourself. And so, you know, I've watched we just we've discipled over a thousand guys at this point, and I've watched so many men, um, especially men in in their marriages, where man they're just having such a hard time showing up being present for the wife because really, how could you show up for anyone else if you didn't show up for you? Yeah. And and so when they start to go back and they start to be present and they start to work through some of their pain and learn healthy boundaries and heal the father wounds, well now I'm able to show up to my wife because I actually have a place of compassion to pull from. Yeah. I have some tools and same thing with their kids, you know, they're, they're not leading their kids out of fear. Mm-hmm. they're now leading their kids from a powerful place of health. And so, you know, they're able to show up for the kids and their friends. And it's not a perfect magic pill because we're constantly, you know, I'm I'm constantly growing and, and we, go, we all go through hard things in life. So it's like, you're not just going to go see a counselor one time in your life and, and that's it. But I do think you got to do the bulk of the work somewhere. And again, yeah. you either pay from not doing it, and carrying it forever, because you got a backpack on, it's full of all your stuff. Or you take some time to offload that backpack, put in it what you need to, what's responsible, and take out of it what's unnecessary weight. So, you know, it's a great way for guys to get their life back.
0: I love that. And to clarify, a lot of men say, oh, yeah, I know that I had single mom, I was mustered, I was bullied, I was yelled at a lot. And so just knowing that to clarify for the audience doesn't mean you've actually unpacked and processed and healed from that. So I think there's a lot of men and humans by nature, we have nerve endings at the end of our hand. And so our hand is saying, whoa, pull away from pain. Just like that on the inside, we have defense mechanisms that go into intellectualization. It's a common defense response where I talk about trauma and the past, and I'm like, I'm good. I I know about that, You know, I dealt with that, I'm good. I even did that in my own life where I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And I hadn't actually grieved and worked through the emotion. So I want to clarify, just because we can acknowledge what we've gone through, that's an essential key to bring it into the light, but it's not actually healed yet. So a lot of times people think, you know, I went to a weekend seminar, I went to this, I went to, and that doesn't mean you actually allowed yourself to grieve. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh no, I've already done that work that doesn't apply to me, maybe become more curious because wherever you have pain, right? Like a reaction that you're like, that's not my normal character. Why am I acting like that? Then you know, there's a nerve ending inside that it's rooted from. Because you're not bad, you're not a monster, there's not something wrong with you. So a temper, a sexual acting out, a reaction or shutting down and becoming depressed, whatever that might be, or even panic attacks just become really curious of what was happening right before that that might have triggered or elicited that response. And now you can find out, oh, what part of my soul is defending he who protesteth too much (laughs) from something that's really actually painful because we know anger and sad are the same emotion. So when there's pain, then we bow up, we protect ourselves, or different personality, when there's pain, we shut down, we become sullen and quiet, we're in the room, but you don't get access to me. Those are common strategies that our inner world does to kind of put a scab around a pain instead of like what BraveCo is encouraging of actually doing that deeper work and doing it in healthy relationship with other men so that you're not alone and you actually have a guide to walk with you and i love this model how can people get plugged in and connected with you guys
1: yeah so they can go to braveco.org and um they can start a group or for if there's pastors watching, it's like we build discipleship models for churches as well. So you can uh, take your men through our 12-week discipleship course, our Foundations of Masculinity, um, which lays out everything that you need. It's pre-recorded content. Um, it's got we have guides to learn how to lead small groups, and then guys can jump on a, on a monthly call with me uh, if you're a church leader or if you're just a guy in BraveCo. You can jump on a monthly call with me, ask uh, ask any questions you want, and. Again, just we just help you grow, walk, walk alongside you, so.
0: I love it. I love the investment. We have such a reactionary culture where it's like, oh, this is bad, so we go to the other pendulum and we throw a whole category of people away instead of really investing and in bringing out the gold and the best. What do you think, for fathers listening, what is the number one thing that we need to see from fathers to invest in their kids?
1: I think intentionality. Guys are so intentional when it, when it comes to sports or our hobbies. We put so much time into thinking about it, and there's no shame in that. Uh, it's just where we feel powerful, right? It's where we feel capable, and, and uh, it's it's part of where we get an outlet. But if we applied that same intentionality to our families, Well, in in the short term, it's a lot of work. In the long run, there's so much uh, reward in it, you know, and so I think for dads, just really thinking through, how do I build a connection with my son? How do I build a connection with my daughter? Um, Pre-planning, what am I going to do today when I get home? Will it be something fun? Um, Making sure that you're connecting with your wife on a daily basis, which would be, being able to share your emotions, being able to hear her emotions, sending her uh, messages throughout the day that tell her what you think about her, um, being present when she has needs, you know, being present when the kids have needs. I, I just think like the intentional father's really what it's it's really the goal for all of us. And and that's a struggle. That's not easy. You know, I, I have to work at that when I go home I, because it's it's hard. When I go home, I know the kids are going to be demanding. I know that they're my wife's going to have needs. She's going to be tired. And the easiest thing to do is like, I'm going to put on my podcast and go, you know, go work outside. I'm going to go do something that's, that really needs done. And, but the truth is, is like, what really needs done is connection. That's what really needs done.
0: That's amazing. And for any woman who's listening, how can women be intentional to create space and opportunity for their husbands to lead? Maybe in some dynamics where we're kind of still fleshing that out and figuring it out.
1: I think a woman's belief in a man is more powerful than she thinks. As a woman, when you show up and you encourage before he goes to work, you pray for him, you pour into him. Um, that respect piece is big, you know, it's what it's really it's a lot of what fuels a man is like, man, my, my wife really respects me. And and I know the challenge, right? So I just want to throw this out that the challenge for a lot of women is like, well, my husband doesn't doesn't do things that are respectable, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I have a hard time believing in my husband because he doesn't show up for me. And The truth is like, some sometimes sometimes you have to, to give before you get a lot. And I'm not talking about abusive stuff and people always wanna go like, well, what about if your husband's abusing you? It's like, well, set some healthy boundaries, you know, learn some communication. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if we only invest in people when they're kind and perfect and show up all the time like what kind of return are you going to get there so Mm -hmm. i just think like for a wife to think through how can i show up for my husband encourage him pour into him see what i see and you know tell him what i see in him Mm -hmm. be there emotionally for him because if your husband believes that you care for him and love him and even especially if he's not showing up well he's way more likely to want to confront that area of his life and to step up. And so I think uh, a lot of women can do that. You know, I, I know for me, when, when my wife sends me a text that says, babe, I just I just want you to know how much I believe in you. And here's, here's the three things that I've seen you do this week that have just made me feel, and I may have done 15 things that made her feel not seen, not cared <laughs> for, but she's focusing in, on she's being intentional to highlight and into and to say to me i can, you're a good man i love you i care for you thank you and i naturally want to turn towards her i naturally want to increase that i know that i can win and so you know i think a, a lot of women can really encourage their man just by doing that
0: yeah absolutely so what if somebody is in a situation where they're like my spouse doesn't know the lord and i want to call out that strength any tips advice
1: there yeah it says the kindness of god leads us to repentance right so god's strategy and his plan for people who aren't walking with him is kindness Mm -hmm. it's unconditional love which doesn't again doesn't mean no boundaries it doesn't mean abuse but there's a lot of people who just really are struggling and if your husband's backs if he's backslidden is because he's in pain it's because he's he's struggling somewhere so you know, what would happen if you showed up for him emotionally? What would happen if, if you were connecting to him, regardless of whether he's saved or not? And so I I just think like, it's your chance to walk with him, mm-hmm. regardless of if he's walking with God or not. You know, uh, my vows to my wife weren't, for better or for worse, if you're following God. My vows to my wife were, for better or for worse, till death do us part. And There's a lot of choices that our spouses are going to make throughout life that, man, we wish they wouldn't make and are really painful. My job as a helpmate is to be a help, is to come alongside and and to be there for them. So I really do think that that's a lot of the key, you know, to helping someone through hard times is just being there for them. It doesn't mean that you approve of what they're doing, but it does mean that you're there for them when they need you.
0: And their personhood, even when their behavior doesn't align with it. Yeah. What do you recommend in raising sons?
1: So we have to understand that if you want a strong, capable, healthy man, then you have to create an environment where kids feel unconditionally loved, mm-hmm. seen, known. Um, when I was young, my dad looked at me and he said, hey, son, make all of your mistakes at home because you have mom and I here to help you. And it was awesome, you know. Then he backed it up by what happened when I made a mistake. There wasn't shame. There wasn't condemnation. There was definitely correction. My dad was not soft. Uh, He was not afraid to tell me what he thought. It was just always covered in love and covered in care. And so I did a ton of failing. I did a ton of exploring, you know. I, I explored my sexuality for a long time when i was young and that was with boys that was with uh, pornography that was in masturbation and my parents i told them you know i told them all of it and you know i had oral sex with one of my guy friends uh for a while and i I was really young i remember telling my dad and he just said oh son you're just curious you know you don't need to do that and without a dad i would think that i was a homosexual you know i would that's what i would think today I, i would struggle with that but you're not your worst day. You're not your your you're not your your worst action. You know you're you're the values and virtues that you embrace. And so, my dad taught me that as a young man. On top of that, he told me I was important by doing things with me, by spending time with me, and giving me challenges, giving me hard things to do. And so, I think if there's moms watching this, it's like have your boys carry the groceries in. Have them lift heavy things that are appropriate for them you know have them uh, open the door for you when you go through the door give them some small challenges that let them know that they're becoming uh they're growing up they're becoming a man and you see that and you're 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 looking to pour into that and if you're a dad just like bring your sons alongside of you in a way that they feel needed you know they lift half of the Half of the picnic table, they mowed the lawn, you know, half of the lawn, they whatever as appropriate. And as I grow older, you, you make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And my dad let me into a lot of the challenges in business that he was facing when it was appropriate. I mean, he, he taught me the value of working hard. I did a lot of work when I was young that I didn't get paid for because it's what we do as a family, mm-hmm. but they talked me through it. And so, you know, it what it did is it gave me identity. I get to be a part of the family, I get to be a contributor, I get to be a, a validant. You know, we had a creed uh, growing up that that my dad taught me through doing, and he taught me through through how he talked to us, and how he cleaned up messes, and how he took risks. And I just think you can't underestimate uh, estimate the value of of that kind of living.
0: Mm-hmm. It's everything. Absolutely, and in a snowflake culture that wants to just coddle and protect boys, what would you recommend that would help not become crazy with no boundaries, but like actually instill more masculinity in our boys?
1: Well, where are they going to get the strength to handle what real life throws at us? Mm-hmm. That's the real question, right? Because every one of us, everyone, every person that listens to this has hard things coming their way. Yes. Your tires are currently wearing out in your car. You're aging. Your body doesn't work the same today as it did yesterday. You know, your your finances are going to be up and down. I know as believers, we go from glory to glory, but it's hell in the hallway, right? It's <laughs> that that glory to glory is not fun on top of fun. It, it's perseverance. It's long-suffering that leads to character, that leads to hope, right? That's Romans. It's Romans is going, hey, when you suffer for a long time, that builds perseverance. When you build perseverance, that builds character. When you build character, that builds hope inside you faith and hope. And like, that's God's recipe for developing you. That's his recipe for for making you a strong believer. Well, how could we raise kids that are strong, that are capable, that are confident if we don't allow them to struggle?
0: Thank you for investing in yourself, your family, and your team. We are honored to serve you and your vision.